Before we get started, if you love what we're doing on the Church Sound Podcast, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. Check out our YouTube channel. And if you want more information, go to our website, www.churchsoundpodcast.com. See you in the matrix. Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast, where kingdom culture, real life, and technology intersect. I'm your host, Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor, Caleb Winley. We're here to help you get through Sunday. Did you hear the pastor? What about your live streams, social media? We provide solid solutions for all of your multimedia needs. Let's learn something today. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to another edition of the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your humble host, Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor. Pastor Caleb Winley, how you guys doing? doing your timing, dude, you're, you're working. Your timing is you're, you're almost there. You're, you're almost there. <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> you're almost there. Welcome to another edition. This is episode number 27. Seven. Dude, man, almost 30, you know, been drinking yeah, and man. drinking for the last five years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're working our way up. We're working our up, 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 up our yeah, way to the young adulthood, you know, cooking with grease, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So good. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Metro Podcast Studio, the hottest podcast studio in New York City. If you want your stuff to sound like this, I suggest yeah. you give them a call. MetroPodcastStudio.com. Sure. Live stream, audio recording, Everything. mixing, post-production. They handle it. Yeah. They got it covered. Hit them up, MetroPodcastStudio.com. Today, we have a special guest. Yeah. We have one of my VA brothers. And it's crazy because we always knew of each other. Okay. But we never did nothing. Oh, wow. (laughs) So it was like, you know, we got two talented people. Yeah. But we all do stuff in different parts of the city at the same time. And the crazy thing is, I don't even remember where I met him. We was doing something. I have no idea. We just with this, this kindred spirits, okay, and just kind of always been in each other's radar. I guess that's the best way to put it. Okay, okay. yeah, always been in each other's radar, and it's like it always seems like I knew him forever. It's we would never talk a lot, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so it's it's. And I reached out to him. I was like, "Hey, bro, um, what you think?" And he hit me back immediately. So before. I go on, because I can go on. Yeah, you can go on. I can go on. Oh, no. Yes, y'all know I can go (laughs) on. So the pastor will bring the the guest to the the podium. A word? Yes. (laughs) You gave me no info, bro. I told you what to do. See, there it is. See, see, that's why. That's why somebody's got to drive the car. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs of all ages, I'd like to welcome my brother Courtney Beard. Courtney Beard to the program. Yeah, yeah. What up, VA? <laughs> two up, two down. I'm in Texas, but it's still two up, two down. You know what I mean? Still seven five seven in the two one zero. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yo, I can't think of where I met you at. I just remember, I remember seeing you and thinking, "Yo, dude, it's like mega dope." <laughs> I just remember. You were doper than 757. I was like, what is happening? Where? Like, you just came out of nowhere. 
and you were just instantly like your music was just sonically better. And that, that's what made me just start watching you. It is a shame we never worked together. Yeah, man. It was like, you know, the crazy thing I, I read your, I said, you went to Berkeley. I was like, yeah. Where did I miss this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know the crazy thing, bro. What's that? When I, when I got to, when I got the VA, I you know because I came with that New York mentality of you did. Okay, all right, here we go. And so I just hit the ground running, not not even running, just hundred yard dash because mm-hmm. I just don't believe in stopping. I just yeah. believe in just pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I started getting phone calls with people that knew me. They were getting phone calls from VA cats and they were saying, Hey man, it's this new dude in town. He may steal your publishing. You got to watch it because he out here ah. trying to see. I was like, what? Still people. I'm just out here trying to work. I'm just like, I'm trying yeah. to see, I'm trying to see who's who in this town so I can connect and build and grow. And Oh dude, it was, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure cats weren't used to it because your your sound was so sonically wide, and when and and when when we met you, it wasn't like a slow introduction. It was just ah, like what's up? What you trying to do? You good? With the, you don't work or what? And I loved it. I loved it, but I could imagine because VA is, is much slower. That you know, oh my, is, is that it was scary, you know? Dude. But yo, shout out VA because I, I think we're talented. Like Pharrell said, it's something oh, in the man. water. Definitely, it is. it's so yeah. I've met so many talented people, just yeah. uber, uber, yeah. oozing yeah. everywhere. I mean, uh, I can, yeah, yeah. black. That's my dude. Yeah, oh, like ridiculous. Sean Slaughter, yeah. you know, gifted, Simo, gifted, you know, gifted. Oh, Pro Wonders. I can go on. Yeah, and on and on. always love Pro Wonder. Oh, I'm still a fan of Pro Wonder. Oh Wonders. man, still a fan of Pro yeah. Wonders. So it's so many dope dudes and, and yeah. singers and yeah. just, people that you don't know. So every everybody knows Missy, Timbaland, Pharrell, Chad, Teddy. Right. But, you know, we got so many unsung heroes, you know, wow. from VA. Yeah, so. Yeah. so, yeah, so it was, it, I, f- I always found it amazing. I was like, I saw you somewhere and I was like, yo, he dude's dope. I said, how come I'm not doing nothing with him? Yeah. <laughs> because I, yeah. I, I, could, I could see it in your, in your, and your persona that you were like a step ahead. Wow. But you weren't trying to be. No, no. You know what I mean, you weren't trying to be. You were just trying to do ministry. Yeah. And how, and how God gave you ministry. And it was completely yeah. unique to like anybody else that I, that I met there. And I was like, I don't know why. Wow. But wow. you know what? The moment has arrived. Yeah, the moment. <laughs> the moment. <laughs> we here, here we are. We're past the Caleb. Now. Yeah, 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 here, yeah, yeah, here yeah. we are. And then I find out this dude, I'm looking on his, I'm looking on his Facebook and I'm like, I said, he's in Austin, New York. I'm like, wait a minute. Then I'm looking at photos and pictures. I said, wait a minute, that's Israel. Then I see him with pictures, like, oh, this is amazing. I was like, wait a wait, hold on, wait a minute. What the heck? <laughs> Please tell what the heck is going on, bro. So, so for the last year and a half, I've been on Israel Holton's management team, helping lead his management. And so uh, we were shooting the newest Feels Like Home project that we just dropped on Saturday, which since then, Israel has been one of the highest Googled Christian artists in the world since then. Uh, it just had crazy success. Today, we announced that we're extending the concert for more. 
and we got an album coming out from it. We're dropping some new stuff, and we got some crazy like sneak peek stuff happening. We're gonna drop the info for it. I think this is gonna air. Uh, I don't know when this is gonna air, but just keep stay tuned. We got some stuff happening with Israel and Newbury. Dude, dude, that is amazing. Wow, that's dope. amazing. Well, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, boys and girls, before we get to the topic, today's topic is a. Uh, it could be a landmine. It could be. We've had ours, though. We it, it, could, it could be a soothing spirit. It could be chock full of information. But today's topic is the election is over. Uh-huh. Uh, now what? Now what? Now what? Come on. Election is over. Yeah. Now what? So before we get to that, you know, we have our icebreaker. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. All our listeners, we do this thing we call... Oh, y'all know what we do. Sunday School. Sunday and school. the man... The pastor on the mic. <laughs> it has his three points. Come on, yes, he does. It's our illustrious guest. Yeah. Mr. Courtney Beard. So you now have the stage, sir. Okay, class is time. Time for Sunday no, school. So So I I'll I'll pick three 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 uh three uh points and you guys are gonna choose one? Is that that was gonna happen? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll start with one. I will call one of them, uh, <laughs> make America hate again. <laughs> oh. uh, <Okay>. the <laughs> other one, <laughs> did that, did I jump into the, to the, I jumped in. Okay. <laughs> make America hate again. Uh, hoop, there it is. <laughs> uh, and give uh. me the third one called forgiveness gone wrong. Forgiveness gone wrong. Gone wrong. Goodness gone. Okay. Hmm. What y'all going with? What, what, you, what say you, or Pastor? You know, you, you, you didn't wow, want that. That, that, hoop, that hoop joint is on my mind. But um, I want to hear about that forgiveness joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Forgiveness gone wrong. Yeah. Um. So you don't listen. You don't bat when you laugh before. That little laughter yeah, is yeah, yeah. deciding. Yeah, you're deciding how many people are gonna be mad when you tell it. So, um, but yo, so, so so growing up in church, I, later on in life, I became the worship pastor. So worship pastor back, you know, black church. You sit on the keys and you're playing and you're vibing. And the pastor's talking, and the pastor's giving this this great ending on forgiveness. And he says, if you have any beef, we call it smoke. If you got smoke with anybody, it's like a early 2000s. So they were saying beef. If you have beef with anybody, mm. go up to them and apologize now. And there was two family members that had been beefing. And like the church knew they had been beefing. Wow, wow, wow. So one of the family members goes up and with tears in their eyes, looks at the other family member. There I am playing no weapons, <laughs> and I'm singing it. I mean, the moment is right. It's like the ending of a Tyler Perry movie. Arshel Rosberg, she goes up to her, she grabs her by her hands, she looks her in her eyes, and she says, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And the one whose hand being held, she says, I don't care. I'll never forgive you. And the one who went to apologize picked her up by her neck and walked her through the back door off her feet and drug her, took her through the sanctuary doors <laughs> no way. all the way to the utility closet with 
with, with the feet just hanging and dangling like this. And when she got in the utility closet, she shoved her up against between the electricity box and, and what's the box with the little flippers on it and the little circuit breaker and tried to choke out. Apology gone wrong. What? And I said this oh. to somebody. When somebody <laughs> comes to apologize, yeah, yeah, yeah. do not play them. Because after yeah. you play them, they gonna lay you out. If you oh, play God. them up, they gonna lay you out. Oh, God. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Yo. She, listen, the lady went from being choked up to choking her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. But you write about that, bro. Wrong. You write about that. When you when somebody's at that place and they they've made Man. that decision to say, I'm going, I'm going to close the doors on what this situation is. Man, you know Man. what it takes to get there? A wow. breakthrough and a breakdown <laughs> often have the same emotion. Wow. Difference is the heart posture. If you let that heart posture change, that breakthrough will go into a breakdown, fam. Wow. <laughs> And she choked out, man. Wow. wow. That sounds like some MMA wow. stuff right there before MMA. And <laughs> growing up in church, you just and, have stories for days. And, that's and we can just that's go nuts. on and on. Stories and on. for days, man. Church, man. Well, I want to thank you. But this is the yeah, most entertaining Sunday school Hello. <laughs> we've ever had. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Cuffs. <laughs> she choked out, man. Wow. Oh, choked out. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. All right, so let's get into this topic, man. The election is over now. What? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint a picture so the audience can clearly understand the now what and what that really, really means. So I want to talk about the imagery of the propaganda of culture. Mm. And we can go through news media. We can go through systemic racism. We go through poverty. We can go through crime. We go through movies, entertainment. We can go through religion. It's all shaped in the imagery of, a pro- of propaganda of a culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always kind of say this, and I kind of wrote it down, just sort of remind myself. It's like, you know, American Christianity is the microcosm of America itself. You know, and, you know, Paul writes, you know, in um in Corinthians, I think it's um 15 to 31, where he says, I affirm, brethren, by boasting in you, which I have in Jesus Christ, I die daily. So mm. to me means to die of something, you must recognize that that something within has life that requires death. Right, right. And if there's no revelation, then there's no death. But re- if revelation occurs and there's no action, Right. What we have is disease. That's good. So I believe that's where we at. So when you look at just, I say this, if an alien came down on the planet and you just had him sit in front of the TV for a year, what would he say about <laughs> people of color? Because when you look at the news, yeah, yeah. black men in particular are overrepresented as perpetrators, right? They're not seen as smart, even though we had the most brilliant man in the, as a president, you know, four years ago. And they, you know, they derailed him for wearing a tan suit. They had to come up with something. That's a whole other thing. Then you talk about this crime statistics where driving while black, driving while walking, standing while black, dancing while black. Like you could die 
just being a person of color. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Facts. Then you talk about just the propaganda of the white Jesus. Like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? So when you look at some of these scholars that really talk about this, it says, when G- if Jesus is white and God is white, then authority is white. Right. So when you look at movies. Like, the funny thing is, I looked up movies and I just typed up Westerns. And all you see are white leads, like just whole all white cast. You look at the Indians, the Indians are, you know, and then I, then I thought about this and I thought, I said, let me just, you know, cause you know, I do my good vinyl mornings every morning. You know, I'm a record collector. And then, and I found this picture of, um, of Cleopatra. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I don't know nobody. No, no, no. That's that's Cleopatra, man. That's Cleopatra. So Cleo, Cleo. So when you when you shape it, yeah, and you look at Black Panther, right? That was two thousand what eighteen? Yeah. First black superhero. Yeah. Marvel's been around. Like, come on, you could you could see the picture that I'm painting. The painting is this exactly what I said. American Christianity is the microcosm of America itself. So when I looked at stats of the, of the election and I saw that 81% of born again, evangelicals voted for the, for the president, I was not surprised. I wasn't surprised. I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised. So then my question and I think I sent this to you, Courtney. What have we learned <laughs> in this election cycle? <clears throat> I, I've learned what, what, what I think I've always known, which is that people usually side with the evidence that's comfortable for them and ignore the evidence that, is, that uh, messes with their comfort zone. Mm. Uh, many people have been tricked that when you vote Republican, that you vote the Bible. And I'd often like to say that Republicans call for righteousness while uh, Democrats call for justice. And I think if you put two healthy versions of the two people together, you may find God's heart right in the middle. Mm-hmm. But this idea that if you're a Republican, you're voting the Bible, and if you're a Democrat, you're voting the devil. I've had actually, actually people tell me that Democrats are evil. And I tell, you know, they would tell me that, uh, you know, if you voted uh, Democrat, then you want babies to be killed. And I said, well, perhaps if you vote Democrat, you realize that if I'm killed, somebody will at least try to represent me when I'm dead. It is a a chance that I could die just for the color of my skin. I live in a great neighborhood. That's in a gated community. I don't take walks at night. Mm. I pay to live here. (laughs) Of my neighbors, most of them know me. I will never walk to the neighborhood resident mailbox at nighttime. I would never go for a jog early in the morning before daylight comes up. Why? Because I don't know which neighbor I'm going to run into that's new to the neighborhood who wants to be a vigilante. Right. And who wants to decide what uh, what justice should be. So I'm not shocked. I do understand that people normally go to the facts that make them feel more comfortable. The tension is that we as believers, I believe, are called to the due diligence of looking at all of the things. And even if I say I can't vote that way, 
don't demonize the other way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you say, Caleb? Uh, <laughs> um, I'll go, I'll come from the the position that a lot of things, uh, based on the the leadership that we've had, a lot of things have not been. Um, we haven't been positioned for better, and. I don't know if the leadership that we have now is going to position us for better either for the point that until the system changes, black men will never become who they're supposed to be. It's not a, it's not a whether it's not whether there's a white person or a black person within the confines of that seat. It's the system behind the president has literally like if you look at what he can do and what he cannot do, it's very it's very minimal. When you look at the process that takes place behind him, you begin to understand that there's a there's a, uh, a automatron that's taking place behind him to to help him and or to or to position white people to be in the position that they are and to keep the black man down. That that has been since day one, and yeah. that's until that system changes, and and we decide. As a black, as black people, that I'm not going to wait for somebody to provide for me, but I'm going to take what God has given me and create something that can give me a niche and help me to build something for legacy. It, it doesn't. It, it for me, it doesn't matter who's in that seat. It just doesn't. I disagree. I think it matters. I think it matters because your leadership should echo. The voice of the people. Okay. Now we all know that Congress, Senate, all these things are in place as a democracy, so that you don't have a king, you have a president. It's oh. a temporary position, right? <clears throat> but it's just like a pastor, in a sense. What comes out of the pastor's mouth rings more bells than the usher. It just does. The usher can say the same thing the pastor says, it will not have the same impact. So I just believe that it's, it's, it's both in the sense that your leader should be solid. And, no, and no, first of all, no one's, no one's perfect. And, there's nothing, and none of this is going to be perfect. But I just, I just firmly believe that we have to take the information. We can't ignore it. We can't act like it didn't exist. And just and just say, well, we got to pull ourselves up, and we got to do this. That's it. That's cool. We all should do that. But the other side of it is, it should be some accountability. But for that, it has to be because if it's no accountability, then 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 why do you why do you have have place accountability on me? Everyone should be accountable. Every single person. Oh, huh. sure. So I fr- that's what I firmly believe. So what do you think? It has this revealed to the church. I mean, as a as a body. I mean, it reveals what we already knew was there. Right. It is it is revealed a family secret that everybody knew wasn't a secret. (laughs) Listen, man, we we have used the church has race issues. The, The church has race issues. Now we have tried to hide it by getting along, but we've only gotten along for the common good of still yet one person. Right. So a church will say, I want to go multicultural 
which really means I want a bunch of people that look different than me, than me to assimilate to my style of thinking and assimilate to my comfort zone. It doesn't mean multicultural that you absolutely get to express the ethnicity that you that you innately feel on the inside, nor you can uh, express the culture that you feel is your current balance in life. So we have race issues. And so uh, the black community often in major churches that aren't predominantly black, they're not embraced if there's not a skill set that's tangible within the arts, nor is there a preaching style that, that can be used or monetized. Mm-hmm. And so we just aren't accepted just for being. So I, I get accepted because I'm gifted. I'm often the black guy who fits in. I'm mm-hmm. gifted, I'm well-spoken, I'm a joy to be around, I'm charismatic. But what I am fighting for is my cousins, my nephew, my brother, other people that may be like, that may look like me, but they're not like me. The question is not, are you going to accept Courtney? The question is, will you accept that person right there? You know that I have something that I can offer. I'm going to make you better and make you look better and make you feel better. But what about the person who's rough around the edges? And I'm not talking about your adopted kid that you adopted from Africa. I'm talking about the person who literally looks different than you. Because a lot of people say, I'm not racist. I adopted this African baby. Good. But there's a drastic difference between Africans and African-Americans. Right. 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 And I think that just saying it, it it should be freeing. But what do you say? What do you say to the person that just just don't get it? They no, no, no. Uh, I, I, I've discovered this. I, I've discovered that uh, over the last six years, I've probably converted maybe 130 racists. 130. Really? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I feel great. I feel like that's a great song in my life where I can talk about uh, race and the, the depth of it with people who are not black and they don't and and for, and for them not to feel. Um, uh, uh, sadness to the point that it's debilitating mm-hmm. but they but they can literally mourn with those who mourn uh and what i've realized is this after conversion if there's not constant conversation in community they won't stay converted right because there is this belief that in order for you to accept that a system and an america is racist that you have to admit that you're a racist. And I'm not asking anyone to admit that they're racist. I'm asking you to help use your influence that you have to help make, first off, see that there's a need for change, push for change, and stay committed to change. Mm. Mm. So so what do you think healing looks like? I mean, after this, the now what is the now what? Like, what does healing look like in the body? Um. Yeah. Churches that uh, we're, we're talking about race, so we're here. Churches that are not predominantly African American have held this to say for rate, racial reconciliation. We can't reconcile until we recognize. We often want to reconcile without going to the depths of recognizing what's really there. So it's like somebody hurting you and you just said, well, I'm sorry, let's get over it. Yeah. No, if, if we're going to literally mourn with those who mourn, I can't just come beside you and cry because you cry. I have to have an understanding of what made you cry. Mm. 
And then I take on the weight of that with you and I help shoulder that weight with you of that thing that we're mourning. So that way you don't have to carry that weight by yourself, but as your brother, I'm walking beside you, helping you to carry that weight. And I think in order for us to walk in healing, we have to be willing to have transparent conversations. Those transparent conversations may bring to the realization that Mama and Papa, whom you love, were probably racist. In order to do that, if you realize, now I'm not telling you that you have to throw them. Here's what we got to stop doing. We got to stop throwing legacies away because we don't like what a person did. Right, right, exactly. So what happens is we think that, well, if Mama and Papa were a racist, they got to throw their legacy away. No, 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 don't. No, if they made you cookies every Tuesday, celebrate the fact that they made you cookies every Tuesday. But now you have the responsibility to change the impact of what they did and what they said and what they saw. And so we have the responsibility to have those conversations to say, there are some events, like, like for instance, here's one. Because I'm gifted and because I'm talented and because I'm well-spoken, there are doors that get open to me that don't get offered to the average person. I recognize that. But you know what I do with my access? I make room for others. And you know what I do with my gifting? I teach others. That's what we have to do with privilege. You are responsible for using your influence now to create change so others can have the same platform that you have. Wow. Wow. So so what do you think? Like, after this, we're in the middle of this COVID wave too, right? Uh-huh. And what had... What, what what was your takeaway of this whole thing when it hit and where we're at and how it affected the church and uh, COVID? So so I guess I'll start with saying that COVID form is one of the worst things we've ever experienced. It it has been it has been. Uh, heartbreaking to watch people that you love either die or deal with the after effects of COVID. But what has COVID done for the church is push the church light years ahead. We as the church got lazy. Yeah. We got lazy from the standpoint of we just love to have church. We love to come together. Well. We just want to shout down. Turn me up in my monitors. We want to do that. <laughs> And there was a whole generation and a whole group of people that were walking away from the church because we weren't willing to evolve with the times. Now I've watched watched churches that have great streaming. They've turned their attention to online. They're creating great online content. They're creating resources where I don't have to stop my day to be educated, but resources that go along with my day with education. So it's like the Bible app. People, they stopped walking and reading a paper Bible. So they created the Bible app years ago that said, when you wake up in the morning, there will be a scripture and a devotional for you. Why? Because they begin to resource our current pace. This has been one of the greatest things that happened to the church because pastors that were committed to never changing have been forced to change. You know yeah. what I believe has done is extended their life in the pulpit. Yeah, I believe. I believe that too. And I think that I was telling, I was talking to Caleb about, you know, I think that the word of God is so dense right now. Yeah. You can't, you can't go nowhere without running into it. No, no. Damn. On, on, on social media on Sundays, 
you can't get on without hearing teaching. And there's some quality teaching out here. Yeah. You know, I've heard people talk, talk, talk about, you know, you know, they're, they're not talking, folks are out here. You can find something for every level of your Christianity of where you are, your faith. Right. So right. that person's not for you. Hey, turn because they're for somebody else. Exactly. And there's some great quality teaching out here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I found that just, you know, Facebook, Facebook is now the smorgasbord. Oh, on yeah. Sunday morning, yeah. dude, yeah, dude, I've seen some incredible programming. I've seen yes. some incredible IG lives with four and five yes. camera angles and lighting, and and I'm like, yeah, they audio is crispy, and yeah, they doing Not, it. Guys have leveled up. They've leveled up where it used to be. You would have to go to a, a, a fine arts uh, building to get this level, the lighting is, so So think about this, man. There's a whole generation now being equipped in church that understand lighting, understands camera, understands angles, all those right. things. And let's not sleep on what's happening on TikTok. There's a whole revolution of how to share the gospel in quick bite-sized pieces happening yeah. with the Gen Z's on TikTok. Exactly, exactly, yep. Yeah, and I and I think that when you, when you, when you, when you put together all of these social media platforms, right? And you say, I can touch the entire generation pool yeah. in 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 a in a moment. A moment. Mm-hmm. In a moment. Yeah. You can you can you you can touch them through song, through word, through 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 skits, sh- short films. Um, one-minute films. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. couplets of information. Um, man on the street. I mean, I find I found that I get more information. I get more word from people just holding holding the phone to their face. Um. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then 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 it's still a whole sermon in the pulpit. Right. And, and now you're able to even see people that are are influencers and celebrities and watch their faith on display right. as they're able to pick up their phone and even share their faith out loud. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And I think that even even when you say that, it's 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 opened the door for say a, a ministry a, a ministry that you wouldn't even normally see. Right. Oh yeah. And it's amazing because what how I feel about it is like the bread of God's word has finally come out of the church building. It's yeah. like it's been stuck in the oven for so long, and now it's been forced out to where people can yeah. actually anybody can just partake of what God is saying. And and they can hear it any old way that any way that they need to hear it. It's it's just available, yeah. and it's, it's 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 beautiful, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. so Courtney, like, how are you? You know, what have you been doing inside of this incubation stage? That's the kind of what I call it. Like, what have yeah. you been doing? Man, you know, I lead a group called the Collective SA here in San Antonio. It's a group of influencers and uh, culture movers. And we just try to impact the culture as much as we can. I've done everything. You know, I have a podcast I've been doing for the last three years uh, called The Faction with a guy named Brandon Clack and Gerard Bonner from Bonnerfied Radio. We've been doing The Faction That's my for guy. three years. That's your guy? Yeah. That's my guy. Yo, the I did his theme song. The first one. Wow. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, dope. yo. That's yeah, dope. so we've been doing that. Dude, I've been editing for so many churches, uh, being a producer and editor. Every weekend, I have about four services to go live that I produce and edit for churches that are great size. Have that, we've been knocking out the Israel stuff. I've been doing my small uh, 
my small conversations. But as soon as uh, I as pandemic hit, I started doing uh, these nightly night shows, what I call talk show lines, where I had Michelle Williams one night, I had Travis Green, I had Israel Houghton, had Aaron Lindsay, Brian Courtney Wilson. Uh, my boy Kenny Lattimore is going to do uh, season two. I'm getting ready to do season two of all these interviews with some of my celebrity friends. But I'm also going to just interview people that I feel like, man, hey, these are culture movers. So I've had a hand in that. So just any way within the arts that I can get the story and the message out of Christ, man, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to operate in. Uh, I got a chance a few days ago to teach an acting class for Hemp University. I was their guest professor online. So my hand is in a lot of things. I've been producing uh, the concert. We got the second. Uh, get, we got a, another concert that we're going to produce. It's coming up. So it's, it's so many good things. Wow. And that's amazing. That's amazing. The mm-hmm. crazy thing is that the, the fact that you, st- it, you know what? It's like you just, you, you kind of recaptured your time. Yeah. You know, you just kind of recaptured yeah. your time with the things you would have normally been doing, you know, mm-hmm. these other 10 things. And now Dude. you can say, now I can get to things that, that I wanted to do that I didn't have time to do. So literally, but, but between January and COVID hitting, which was like the last week of March when the world shut down, yeah. between that time and then I logged 45,000 miles flying. Wow. What? In three months, 45,000 miles. I was on a plane every other day. I was gone five days a week. I was just gone. I started out the year. I was in Cameroon, uh, Africa. I was all over the place, several trips back and forth to LA working on different things. And so when COVID hit and so my wife and I were in LA on vacation when COVID really went on, on lockdown and we came back and several of the churches I work with, because I also do leadership development and I coach leaders and I coach several staffs and all that stuff. And uh, I went out and hit all those churches just to make sure that they were up technology wise immediately on what they needed to do to broadcast. And I went into three months of not traveling and it was amazing. I was home every night. I hung out with my wife. We cooked together. She bought me a, I mean, she bought me the grill of grills. I was grilling and (laughs) all those things. And now I've started back traveling over the last month, but man, to just pause and work on things that I'd always wanted to work on. But I just didn't have time because I was always living from next to next to next. Dude, that's been dope. Wow. Wow. Yo, that's yeah, that's amazing, man. Yo, I think this has like been a chock full of information, bro. Yeah. Ch- ch- man, chock thank full you. of information. And I did not know you and Gerard had a show. Yeah, man. The faction. You're listening to the faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, Dude. we got the faction. But <laughs> We talk about rest, professional wrestling. We love professional wrestling. Dude, we're, I, we're, we're, we're 270 episodes in into professional wrestling. Dude, I'm like, dude, I remember wow. when Gerard started Bonafide Radio. Amen. I remember when he started it, and I was producing SEMO, and he said, dude, I, I need a theme song. So yeah. we went in the studio, we knocked out a theme song, and I think that year he did, he did like a bonafide listening thing in um at the Cellars. At the Cellars, right? It was lit, yo. Everybody Dude, it was, came. It was 
Yo, it was crazy. It, it intro, was, everybody came through. Everybody came. It was it was crazy. It was crazy, man. Yo, I, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember he showed me the logo. I remember he showed Gerard me. Gerard Bonner is literally one of the greatest people you're ever going to oh, meet dude, in the he's, world. He's just, he's solid. When you mentioned his, I mean, I was talking to Newbreed the other day and I mentioned his name and it was like the holy hush hit. And you mentioned his name with that or you even mentioned, mentioned it with the Kanye, Kanye Sunday Circle, Sunday Service Crew. Gerard Bonner, and they know who he is. Yo, he's shout out to Gerard Bonner, man. Shout a, out, amazing, amazing guy. Probably one of the brightest guy, and, and an amazing photographer. Yeah, he is. And, and, and he put photography down. I told him pick it back up, man. It's great. We need it, dude. He's an amazing, amazing photographer. I mean, I still have some pictures he took that he that he shot to me, like when yeah. we were at um in. Uh, in Nashville. Yeah. You know, in Nashville, man. Yo, that is that is dude, amazing. He's man. that dude. He's he he's he's that guy. But listen, before we wrap up, we do this thing called 30 seconds and gone. I won't throw five questions. You just let me know what you thought. Go. Favorite football team. The Washington football team. Dude. <laughs> what? Hey man, I'm loyal, man. I'm loyal. Hot cereal or cold cereal? Oh, cold cereal. Cinnamon oh. Toast Crunch. Yeah. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Wow. Cinnamon Toast <laughs> Crunch. Wow. Wow. Ooh. Hunting or skiing? Oh, probably hunting. Hunting it gives you a different it gives you a different thrill. That skiing, that's sometimes you're going too fast, and I'm 300 and none of your business. That's too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> favorite book in the bible man probably psalms yeah or or, or my second friend psalm oh. <laughs> yeah psalm favorite minister Ooh, i think we all know bishop jakes is the goat uh but my pastor hart ramsey is probably the smartest person i've ever Heard of before, Pastor Hart Ramsey is brilliant. One of my favorite preachers is Judah Smith, but Hart Ramsey, hands down. Every time, yeah, yeah, I talk to Pastor Hart almost every day, and every day he he, he, he gives me something, as he says. He has that action. Amazing, amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is a wrap, man. I'm I'm sorry, but hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you this right now, bro. You got my number. We have to talk. <laughs> I just talk. We got to work, yo. We got to work. Like, like we finally got to make it happen. If, dude, it's, it, it will happen. Caleb can tell you, I'm persistent. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you got yeah, me on man. this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, man, I just want to thank my brother, Courtney Beer, for joining, joining yes, the Church sir. Sound Podcast. Make sure you tune in on yeah. Thursday. I do like a technical thing on Thursdays called midweek service when I go through the technical aspects of doing sound at church, whether it's whether it's what's an aux in, how to pick the pick the right um, audio interface for your live stream, or how to set levels for a guitar, how to mic a how to right. mic a cabinet. You know, so I'm doing that every Thursday, little five little five minute segments. Um tune in. It's gonna be on YouTube and on the and on the podcast stream. But 
Like we say, every time we close, keep God first in everything you do. Yeah. Next time with the church sound podcast. Yeah.